Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, offering quality live programming with holistic, spiritual, psychic, and metaphysical hosts. Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Mm, thank you. Yay, welcome. Welcome everyone as we embark upon this month's show uh, where we explore education, awareness, discussion, meditations on facets of our sexuality and consciousness that many of us just don't get that chance to openly explore. So it's about slowing way down with love and respect and honoring our sexuality, which is so often hidden in the shadows or squashed away or misunderstood. And today I'm super excited that we will be having a special guest join us. Before we bring that guest on, let's sink in with a little bit of connecting and listening to our body as we do and be here now. (sighs) Invite yourself to maybe take a moment and turn your awareness inward. We're in a time that can be really hectic for many as we are moving into the dark solstice time and the time of many traditions of calling in the light. And sometimes that can feel overwhelming. Sometimes that can be a time of a lot of outward and and like doing things for others. And I invite just take a moment to turn your awareness inward, to feel and notice your own breath and your own body. And just acknowledge ground, acknowledge this sweet connection with lover earth below us. Mm, I like to even lately, or it's been a part of my practice now for some years to just really call in very devotionally, like mm, beloved lover earth, mother earth, please help me to connect my womb with your womb, the deep space of the of the pelvic bowl, the creative center, no matter how we identify in gender, calling to connect and ground this deep space of our body with the capital M mother, that divine connection with earth that's so crucial and important to our survival. And we've often created big rifts in this center of our being and how we connect So just a moment to kind of call that in, like, ah, here we are. And to invite feeling that connection as a sense of support, confidence, and feel deep gratitude for that, for the support and for the abundance that the earth offers to fuel our bodies and for just being here now in the moment, slowing down with love and respect. And with a breath of gratitude for taking that time for yourself, letting it carry into your day. Mm. 
Gently widen your awareness. Open the eyes, allow in the light, and take in exploring from here. So now I want to just say, like, my own nervousness, my own excitement, um, we are, uh, I am honored to share and open the space with uh, our new guest. So let me bring on Lisa Erickson, who is, <clears throat> let me say a little bit about Lisa as I invite Lisa into our space. Uh, Lisa is a chakra-based energy worker, writer, and teacher specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing. She is trained in many energy healing modalities, including with well-known healer and intuitive Cindy Dale. She's certified in both mindfulness meditation instruction and trauma sensitivity. She's also certified in the Feeding Your Demons practice through Lama Sultram Alione and studies spiritually with her. Lisa is a member of many professional organizations, including the Energy Medicine Practitioners Association, the Breathe Network, which is a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healings for sexual trauma survivors. And she's the creator of a popular daily OM course, Awakening Your Chakras, and blogs on all her favorite topics at her longstanding blog, Mommy Mystic. Most recently, Lisa is the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women from Llewellyn Publishing. So we get to hear from Lisa today. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Hi, Leslie. Thank you. That was a beautiful opening. And I'm so glad to be here with you, especially moving into this, this powerful solstice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And I love that we got a chance to sink in a little bit. Like I shared with you, I've shared with um, this, uh, the listeners that I'm starting to open up, like, what's it like to bring in some other voices? And it's really glad to have, mm-hmm. I'm really glad to have you and your work here um, represented. So I would love to talk a little bit. You and I talked um, also about this ahead of time, just a little bit on, you know, something that's really alive for me personally, as I do identify deeply as a woman and, I call it yes and. So for me, yeah. I, I, I feel myself in a place of gender transcendence and of being aware of and loving my, my female bodiedness and my yoni and also being really present with my energetic cock and my lingam. And mm-hmm. um, for that, for right now, like as I've been in that journey of like, what does that mean for me? And for a while it was gender queer for a while. Uh, after that, I think gender transcendent is feeling most connected for me. And mm-hmm. I do use the pronouns she, her, they, and them. And in my work in sacred sexuality, offering that with other people, I'm often in the place of just gently opening the space around the gender binary that we often you know, meet in, especially in the realms of sec- sacred sexuality and tantra. So it's, it's important mm-hmm. to me to widen that. And I'm curious, I want to, I want to ask you about like, what does that mean to you as you, as as you talk about women's and men's energy bodies, how is it relevant to those who don't, don't identify as either or as both or as trans or as cis or as pangender? Mm-hmm. Well, what I really relate to is this, you know, we have this binary model of masculine feminine and we have divided up on a conditioning level, on a cultural level, emotional traits, psychological function along these lines, Right. And I have three teenagers, two of which are boy-girl twins. 
And I live in, you know, progressive Los Angeles, and I'm still a little bit shocked as I've watched them grow up. They're 13 now. How conditioned, how, how, how gendered our conditioning is, even mm. in a supposedly progressive area like where, where I am, right? Uh, you know, it starts young at colors and toys and all that kind of stuff, but really in terms of how we hold our emotions, how we hold our energy, uh, mm. to the extent we're allowed to connect with that creative force within us that I associate with the second chakra, but is really the womb energy that's in us all, right? So it is, it is the spiritual awakening process for me, the spiritual healing process for me is about owning all of that within each of us, regardless of your biological sex or your gender identification. But we're at a point in history in which we have to redress the imbalance. And so that's why I call my work women's energetics. I'm very focused on the energy body connection between uh, the womb and the physical body. I think the subtle body spans between this connection to the physical body and these connection to very non-gendered planes of spirit and mind. And it's this intersection point where you're working both directions. So on this one relative level, you're, I'm relating to my own yani, my own womb, and the subtle body connection there of how the creative life force comes through that. And then on other planes, I'm owning masculine, feminine, yab, yom, yin, yang. So I think mm-hmm. it functions on a lot of different levels, and I think you can relate to the work that I'm doing. And men, are, men are, and women and anyone who identifies in any way can do this work and do these chakra tools but a lot of the conditioning, for example, that I'm talking about in the book tends to be more specific to what women still experience in this uh, life, lifetime, right? And hopefully yeah. at some point will be irrelevant. <laughs> at some point will be irrelevant. But I'm trying to help you break through those limitations. Great. Isn't that the power of all this, like, yeah. breaking through, waking up, and unpacking those old stories right? so that we don't have to continue yeah. to live in the same constructs. And part of that is seeing them and acknowledging them that they're there. And yeah. 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 Mm. And so, well, let's take a minute with that because I do want to acknowledge the feminine energy body and women in particular. And um, as, uh, as, a, as, or women identified, femme identified folks who really have been, um, in a marginalized group in some sense, right? In this sort of patriarchal mm-hmm. conditioning that says that, you know, there's this whiteness and this maleness that presides in, mm-hmm. in the social constructs, not just in the color of our skin, but like in the social constructs that you're, you're talking about, the way we've been socialized. Um, what is mm-hmm. it like to meet um, and, and support it, women and women's voices and women's bodies. So share a little bit about that. Like, what is it for you as you work with the basics of the feminine energy body? What, how does that, how does that shape for you? Yeah, it's very much about connecting with the pelvic energy center, right? Which I know you mm. do a lot of work with as well. And I feel that really, you know, we've had these waves of feminism. There's been a lot written about it. The focus necessarily was about, giving women access to power structures that they had been denied entrance into, right? And so the focus was very much on social and political and economic structures and continues to be as we still have great inequality at that level. But one of the byproducts of that for many women has been a disconnection from their energetic 
womb center, that creative energy, mm-hmm. because it was not associated with those masculine power worlds. And so as we have fought for our place in those worlds, there's continued to be a denigration of that feminine energy. And one of the ways that it expresses is that I look at, for example, the gender conditioning of kids. You know, we're all for girls in sports. Like this has been the big thing, right? Yeah, you know, and that's been this huge wave. The number of girls in uh, competitive sports like soccer and baseball and things like this has been on the steady rise. There has not been the same increase of boys in traditionally or men in traditionally female fields, right? Like caretaking and nurse and teacher. Mm -hmm. So we have still judged things that were traditionally considered feminine as lesser than, right? And so we have allowed our girls and women in a way to own their masculine side, not allowed our men still to own their feminine side. Uh, I hate to even talk in those terms because I'd love to get to a place where we are not dividing up these traces, feminine and masculine, but that's where we are. And there's this imbalance and it's really about allowing everyone to explore everything. Right. Yeah. So and in women. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'll let you no, please, that. please continue. And then I want to bring in a piece on that. Yeah, no, go. <laughs> yeah. So then for me, energetically, it's about helping women connect to their womb center that includes, you know, we have these physical cycles that are related to our biological sex uh, to more or lesser degrees. Women experience them depending on their particular physical body, but our menstruation cycle, potentially pregnancy, uh, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, and there's an energetic power to each of these that we've been disconnected from. So part of my work is just helping women reconnect with that. And because I work with a lot of sexual trauma survivors, and I do work with both women and men, this book's focused on women, but that is one of the side effects I find is sort of this disconnection from those natural cycles because there is often a disconnection from the body. So although I call my work women's energetics, it really is about this interface between the energetic cycles and the physical body. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, thank you for... Thank you for sharing that and what I'm really hearing and resonating with as well is you you started to say it like as we've supported our girls to step into the very young space, that very active, you know, masculine, mm-hmm. we can call it. And again, you know, I acknowledge these words are klutzy. I, I was just in, I know, in my own book <laughs> writing about <clears throat> writing about. And notice how my voice is shifting as I even try to talk about it, right? The mm-hmm. writing about how, what it's like to write about those, like what is it like to name, to put words so that it doesn't get so klutzy in conversation and honor that mm-hmm. it's a spectrum. So that is just so mm-hmm. we are going to use feminine and masculine and it doesn't mean gendered specifics. But this, mm-hmm. this nature of, you know, what, what you said just really brought it in from a slightly different viewpoint for me, um, seeing my own path of like, the way in which I walked a really high intensity endurance athlete path, you know, like, Oh, I need to really, re- you know, prove mm-hmm. myself <clears throat> and be in this independent, hyper-independent career and hyper-independent athleticism. And that that is, it is so much a, a masculine trait or a driven active outside of our body trait. That's different mm-hmm. than a feminine of like being really deeply connected and dropped in and wide and soft and present in the body that has a whole important quality to it and is 
some of the nature of the nourishing that you're talking about and the and some of these traditionally feminine roles of of, of feeling and being and holding space mm-hmm. and that these qualities are so crucial and not only have we trained ourselves often as women and girls to sort of drive out of those we also you know our men are also and and male bodied folks are are also out of those and so now we're all out of those <laughs> i want to invite us all yep. into our pelvis you know let's get that's in there right exactly um, yeah and so that's what i'm hearing you say and that's just really resonating mm-hmm. yeah thank you mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel. And so I do feel this work is, you know, although this particular book, the work where I'm focused right now is women, it's not really about and for just women, right? It is about a rebalancing that's going on. Mm-hmm. But women, in a way, are the focal point for reclaiming this, and then it reverberates out, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That's what I feel yeah. we're doing. We're reclaiming exactly, it and, it re- and it reverberates out. and we're And then we're then through who we are and being deeply more connected in body and pelvis, it becomes like a resonant um, tuning fork uh, that invites Mm -hmm. others into their bodies and into their resonance and into, um, so it's like the the work we do, it's not selfish to be so deeply in our own path of self-care and um, reclaiming our bodies and our power. It actually does directly impact the people that we are around and with and it will change um yeah not necessarily a cognitive thing not necessarily a i gotta go do a workshop about it thing but just the presencing and the being in it is what is you know and that's that's that nature of the feminine right she's the she is the being that balances all that doing and action Um, yeah and it's also about mm -hmm. our connection to the earth which you brought in so beautifully at the beginning you know, and Lama Sultan talks a lot about this, that, you know, that there is this intrinsic connection between our, our connection to our feminine and nature. I mean, this, the whole mm. fertility and birth and all of this, this is part of the natural cycles and really connecting, dropping into that shifts our connection with the earth that reverberates out. And women mm. still are the energetic anchors of many homes and of, I think, in the work environment also, too. It reflects in all these books, oh, women are better leaders because they lead teams in a different way. And you know, we have all these yeah. kinds of corporate rhetoric around that. And, but what it really reflects is that uh, our energy centers do, we are like the fertile ground in a way. And we can kind of hold um, a woman who is in her second chakra, her pelvic center, whatever words we use, she does anchor. She does anchor the individuals around her. Anyone who anchors, and and men can do this too, are often working from that place. You can create a a womb-like energy in a room, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, the most amazing healers and nurturers do that. And that's really Mm. a very second chakra energy. So when we do that, it does reverberate out on all everyone that we're in contact with and allows them, gives them permission to drop into that for themselves. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And then there's that safety and which is so connected with this area mm-hmm. of the body, right? The sense, the mm-hmm. need for safety or when we feel safe, how we can drop in there and vice versa when mm-hmm. we don't, how we pull away from 
this part of the body, mm-hmm. which, which brings me to the, the sexual trauma. Like, how do you mm-hmm. see, and, you know, sexual trauma is a huge part of the, the work, you know, as I'm working with folks, supporting what's it like to unpack and unwind those stories. And yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear how you, how that weaves in. What do you see in, in sexual trauma and how that impacts us? Yeah. Well, I work with this great organization, the Breathe Network that you mentioned in my intro, and they, they are working very much to connect trauma-informed practitioners of all types with any type of holistic healing, right? Because everyone's journey is different in terms of what they're going to resonate with. I think within mm-hmm. the modality that I mostly use uh, in terms of uh, a chakra-based energy work, what I really focus on or what I really find is that a lot of sexual trauma survivors are disconnected from their lower chakras, right? Mm-hmm. There's often mm-hmm. patterns of disassociation that developed, especially if there was childhood abuse, of really living up in their heads or mm-hmm. sometimes really very much in the navel chakra. Sometimes there'll be like this will to just be, never be vulnerable again and power through life. Right, mm-hmm. so this is very mm-hmm. navel solar driven energy, or sometimes it's reflected as being very up in the head, or a lot of childhood abuse survivors in particular are extremely intuitive and empathic, and mm-hmm. they've often developed they had to develop this to feel safe or try attempt to feel safe in a difficult home environment, since you know. What's the mood like today? How can I stay safe to, today? Where can I go to try to be safe? And so this really develops someone's intuitive and empathic abilities. But as an adult, mm-hmm. that can become problematic if they're always sort of up in their upper chakras without that base in the lower, mm-hmm. in the lower um, root and sacral physical body emotions. So a lot of my work is about helping people connect with those lower chakra centers, replant them as a way is in a way as the basis for their subtle body and their psyche. Mm. Um, re-anchor those upper chakra energies, however they're reflecting. Oh. And then there's all these other things. Avi, go ahead. I'll let you go because I oh, I, I just want to I just so. want to affirm for a minute. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's like let that have just a breath of space, and then I want to hear what it, where you are going with it. Let's continue, but yeah. like. Let's anchor, you know, anchor. So when we're operating really high up in our heads or that solar plexus driven, my goodness, can I relate to that in my own mm-hmm. journey, you know? And yeah, me too. Really, really, really like uh, allowing the yes and that it's okay to be up there and it's okay to be down deep in the body mm-hmm. and listen to what's there that may, may be scary, you know, all those tools we did around association and stuff were, were super supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, we built those, those skills and it got us through and yeah, anchor. Awesome. I'd love to hear where you were going next. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and then I was saying, and then, you know, of course there are emotional patterns around shame sometimes that, you know, have developed self-blame uh, that mm. often inflict on a cultural level on sexual trauma survivors, right? Secrecy patterns of having to hide uh, mm. what what was going on or not being believed. And 
yeah, patterns of betrayal. I mean, there's different wounds. It depends on the individual, depending on how things unfolded. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working, you know, specifically with those. Where do you feel them in your body? Where do you mm-hmm. feel that in your body? And then sometimes I do chakra work. Sometimes I do feeding your demons with that. But it really is about yeah. connecting that somatic awareness. And often if the body has been the site of trauma, we relate to it as something we want to disconnect from, right? And so it's about reclaiming your body, really. And I find for many trauma survivors, doing that through the subtle body feels safer at first. Coming all the way back into the physical body feels like too much to some, feels overwhelming. Mm. So connecting, you know, it's not for everybody. Every modality is different. But connecting with the subtle body first, allow someone then to bridge into anchoring in the physical body too. It's all one. It's all a spectrum, I guess. (laughs) It is. And, and that is such a, a, an important point. Um, I'm really appreciating how you're articulating that. Um, I've seen that also. And, and hearing your words around just the safety of like subtle body first and Mm -hmm. that as a support that maybe later, you know, and what I think I find is I work with a lot of folks that have done some of that subtle body work, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why folks who are really spiritually aware or really aware of their stuff and their path and they're aware of their patterns and they've done a lot of traditional therapy that mm-hmm. has worked through some of the mental body pieces and some of that, that when, when that resourcing is there, then we can go into the places that, yeah, you know, and it's common to go, Oh, but I thought I figured this out. You know, I thought I worked yep. through this one already. And and then we go, okay, yes, and there's something still alive in your body or it wouldn't or it wouldn't be alive here. It wouldn't be so present. Yep. Right. So what how can we now take that and be and have have that resourcing you've done, this amazing work you that you've done all of these these years and now take that into the physical body layers and sometimes we can then unlock some piece that was just been you know, wow, you know, like I had someone say like 30 years of therapy and then came and did work um, in, mm-hmm. in, a, in this different modality and the modalities I support that are very physical. And, and he was like, oh my God, why didn't I find you sooner? I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to understand all that work you did was what got to a place where this was possible because it isn't always. That's right. And it's not mm-hmm. always, it's not a hierarchy necessarily either. It might be the other direction, right? It may be that a physical body shift supports the other direction. So just like you said, I loved that, that each modality, what resonates for each person and their Mm -hmm. way in is what to follow. There isn't one answer that's like, yep. Yeah. Oh, Mm. so I want to have us take a short break and we're going to come right back. Um, So, yeah, join us as we continue with Lisa Erickson after this break. You are listening live, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn and special guest Lisa Erickson. If you'd like to talk with Leslie and Lisa live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. 
Yay. Welcome. So as we now sink in once again for our next piece, I'm curious, Lisa, if you, you, you just wrote a book and how exciting, or at least it just got published. I know the book writing process yeah. can be lengthy for me. It's Very like, long, yeah, I wrote yes. it, but it's, it's not published yet. It's been My, birthing for 20 uh, years, yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Oh, I'm so, yeah. I want to celebrate you that you, it's out in the world and now getting a chance to have its voice. And I would love for you to have a okay. chance to speak a little bit about it. What is the power of this birth that you have created? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of had three goals in the book, I think. One was really simply to make chakra work very accessible. There's a lot of different chakra mappings. This seven chakra one that most of us see in the West, this rainbow spectrum, it's really just one mapping, but that is the one that's the most well-known here. So even though I use others in my work, I am working within that framework and trying to offer tools for individuals to really connect with how can I bring energy, how can I work energetically just throughout my day? If I'm feeling frazzled, how can I really center in my navel chakra for a moment? If I need insight, how can I open up to that? So I'm trying to really create tools. And on one level, that's what it is. It's a set of 12 chakra tools. You kind of train yourself to use them so you could utilize them in your daily life. And I feel like that's so important because we're very overstimulated mentally and physically mm. as the population of the earth increases, as we feel less connected to nature, as our minds are, you know, in this short attention span, social media <laughs> world more. Mm-hmm. So trying to find really ways for people to connect energetically internally and then i'm pulling into each chapter how women's energetics how are women often most impacted in that chakra and it's really like around cultural conditioning and then Mm. a sexual trauma piece in each chapter too how if you've experienced any form of sexual abuse or assault or harassment how might that energy center and that function within you have be restricted or obstructed and how might you work Mm -hmm. with that so that's kind of Three goals. So it's a lot, but I've tried to lay it out in a very organized way to help make it more digestible. Yeah. So it's like the tools and then the flavors of like things that things you may notice, common patterns, and then how to how to meet those, how to how to like find That's some right. ease or healing. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And I'll just say as encouragement for you, you know, it mm-hmm. really is just like, it is this birthing process, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, and now I'm in the phase where I have to let go, right? Like some people may not like it and um, <laughs> it may not be right for others and some people love it, you know, and that's just, I have to let go of outcome. So this is a whole nother spiritual practice in and of itself is letting go of it now out into the world. Oh, I bet. And, you know. Yeah. yeah, I I can I can imagine that as I'm starting to see it, the my own version of that just in the editing process and such. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there is there is like I found in the process of writing the book um, for me why it took so long was I had to really meet 
what I was, because I was sharing a part of mine is a personal story. So as I'm sharing mm, the personal beautiful. story, because spirit, spirit's like, no, honey, you don't get to just write about all these amazing things that you learned and now teach about. Like, you got to tell the story of how that yeah. unfurled. Um, and so that, that piece of it is was super vulnerable. It is super vulnerable. So it was yeah, like very meeting tender. and healing and yeah, finding the way that my body could, could share that wisdom and be at ease instead mm-hmm. of be re-traumatized or be, um, Mm-hmm. you know, be, be salt in the wound kind of effect like that. And so each yeah. step of the way had to find, and I, and, and that's been really sweet and important process. So the book has been its own like meta experience of journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, the process of writing the book was the book, you know, in a sense. Yeah. So what um, a beautiful offering though, because that is how we connect, right? When we recognize ourselves in others. So you're offering mm-hmm yourself up in that way for others to see recognize some part of their own journey Uh, yeah I haven't been that brave yet so I really honor you maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh thank you and yes you have been brave you have been putting your work out in the world and that is all right there brave Um, especially touching into sexuality and sexual trauma healing Uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's a big intergenerational field that we're in that makes it uh, there's not just our own fears or our own experiences or, mm-hmm. or tendernesses, but like the big ones, you know, the time, the burning time uh, when, when folks mm-hmm. that did Ugh. some of the work we may resonate with were killed, you know, and hung. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of intensity at, at the throat mm-hmm. chakra for that, for, for not, and, mm-hmm. and it shows up sometimes. I notice it even in radio shows occasionally, I'm like, all right, Something's showing up from the field right now. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ancestral trauma, past life. Oh, yeah. I feel this is mm-hmm. huge. I feel this is huge. I feel, you know, right now, and, and so many people that are working in this space in some way, healer in any capacity or seer, uh, there's almost always, they're almost always carrying, whether you consider it past lives or ancestral or almost always carrying some sort of persecution trauma. Mm. And that is such a huge part of, for example, putting a book out, <laughs> you know, yeah. is, is working through that fear of being seen, drawing attention to myself, the danger around that, the sense of danger around it, and really yeah. um, dropping into that feeling of protection and safety and confidence to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I've also met a lot of individuals who like throat is big third eye there'll be like this you know just I'm just going to completely shut down my third eye it's not safe (laughs) almost right Mm. and so that's the other way so it can really go any direction how we seek to find safety if we're harboring these deep wounds of fear right these patterns of fear around owning our own power healing seeing whatever it is yeah um Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm glad we're diving into this piece, too, a little bit. I want to let's I want to follow this for a second, this idea of the intergenerational and past life and ancestral. And I've been um, personally really waking up into some new awareness around the need for ancestral healing, especially Mm -hmm. as I'm walking in a white body with European descent. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a way in which um, so just a side note into this sort of racial justice work and the idea of acknowledging the way the racial divide was this 
thing that got created. It was a construct and it really began mm-hmm. to oppress and cause a lot of grief and massacres and violence. But that, that mm-hmm. violence, while it becomes interracial in the sort of racial construct that got created, incidentally, if we go back far enough, it actually started with with even folks like if we think about England in the 1600s, like how horrifying of a place it was to be of violence between people. And, and I think that's, and what happened for me then was this erasure of, or not even erasure, but like disdain of family lineage and heritage and, and have really not feeling like, like I had a connection to any sort of cultural tradition, so to speak, that wasn't just commercialized Mm or um, Mm -hmm. so then like diving into what can I, where can I feel a sense of connection and finding that through many different teachings and lineages and teachers. And I have a lot of gratitude for that and inviting also like, what is it like to mend and to call in our, our ancestors, you know, those well and kind, if we go far enough back before the rift, you know, that we Mm -hmm. really can call in ancestors in our bloodlines that have, that have a um, relationship with the land and with the earth. Mm-hmm. And even if that was millennia ago, if that's this, you know, if we have to go that far back and that's the soonest, it's still there. And we can, I don't know, I've been playing with and really inviting in, and this has to do with work that has resonated from Daniel Four and also Adrian Mary Brown and some other folks that have been influences mm-hmm. for me. But like, I'm curious if that has this woven in at all for you, like this sense of, can we call in the wise ones mm-hmm. and get that support so that as we heal in our own ancestral paths, um, I feel like that's, that, that's part of the same thing of the, the broken rift with the earth. It's like the broken path back to the yep. earth's right relationship. Yeah. Yep. Any, anything you want oh, to share? Oh, I that? love it. Oh yeah. That brings up, I have like my mind going exploding five different directions. So uh, yeah, you know, and I just, and, and, and as Americans, right, this is, uh, I think this is particularly relevant, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. like we're all from someplace else, and right now we're in this cultural moment where we're all having to dig deep, or hopefully we're all trying to dig deep about what does it mean to be an American and what are we really trying to do here? What are the principles of our democracy? A lot of important things, and I think it relates directly to this kind of healing and mm-hmm. yes, I do believe we can draw upon, and it is important. And I, I kind of, I often think in terms of this fascinating field of epigenetics. You know that we know now that we may have certain genetic proclivities, but they toggle on or off depending on our environment. You know, so two identical twins can have a genetic proclivity for a certain disease, and one it will manifest, one it will not. They have identical mm-hmm. DNA, but it it has to do with their environment and a lot of other factors. And within the field of energy medicine, we're working with what do you want to toggle on? What do you want to toggle off, right, in your genetic uh, expression? Mm. I feel it's very much the same in terms of our kind of energetic ancestral inheritance. What do we want to toggle off and on? We're letting go of the tribal identities that led to racial violence or those kinds of obstructive limited views, right, but we are owning our connection to the earth, or this is what I this is what I took from what you were saying. We're owning our connection to the earth that our ancestors may have had, and many other things, uh, connection to the cycles, 
of nature to production of our own food to natural birthing, these kinds of things. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think there is this way to not avoid that history, which is, as Americans, what we tend to do. There's sort of this mm-hmm. narrative around, no, we, uh, we're starting over when we got here, right? Our family started over when we got here. This is all that matters, right? But to actually go back and face that which is now possibly abhorrent to us, right? Yes. And own that which is beautiful and really hold all of it. Hold all of it. Yep. Yeah, and that's, yes, and that is part of, to expand on, um, that it's not setting it aside. And that's part of what I think I tried to do. I think we all, well, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say all, I'm not going to generalize, but I think many folks, especially many white folks, tend to go, oh my gosh, that was a horrifying thing and it's not now and we're just going to ignore it and make it go away. And and I want to say like, right. what's it like instead to acknowledge our threads in that quilt and, yep. um, and, and mm-hmm. take action mm-hmm. to like, for me, it's really about if, you know, I, I can acknowledge the way my whiteness and the way my presenting as a heterosexual cisgendered couple, for example, even though we're not Mm -hmm. totally queer and omnisexual and like, Mm -hmm. yet I present very much in a way that is societally in the dominant culture. And, and rather than just trying to pretend that isn't true, can I go, okay, I acknowledge that. How can I, how can I number one kind of like relate with my ancestral my own bloodlines in a way where I start to learn from um, and heal and, and take action. You know, how can I pay forward the privilege that I've been walking in and, and uh, offer to share that rather than it be so disproportionately um, spread, which it is right. And so marginalized cultures of, of people of color and trans um, as two examples uh, can we, can I, can I start to recognize and, and where my resourcing is available to, you know, like to, to share and, and make change and to make change and pay forward and also to stand up and put voice to those things that want to hang out in the shadows, right. Or that we try to not yeah. ignore and rather than ignore them like that I did early part of my life, for sure. I was sort of trained that way. Yeah. Like, you better not ask questions. You better not right. actually address that, that right. tough concept. And, and the, to not beat myself up for that, that as a little girl growing up in the environment I was in, that was a safety mechanism too. Um, right. but, that, but like now that I'm resourced differently and I get that I'm not in direct danger, can I, you know, relax and be present with my body if I notice it light up in a way and now mm-hmm. take a right action that looks different and speak up where I need to speak up or yeah. make a choice that supports somebody that's being in a currently microaggression kind of a way even you know that this stuff yeah. shows up as not just like major um like major racial constructs of of what are we oh, yeah. like it's KK, every time KKK you go out into level. the world. Yeah, yeah right. it's, it's so intertwined. And that's what I think yeah. I want to invite. Like, whew, you can tell it's an alive topic for me. So, yeah, thanks. Well, for... and it is. And, and for me, it, right now, it's like such the foundation of 
my own spiritual path, like just noticing as I walk through my day, this sub, this very sub voice or sub construct of reactions to the individuals around me and what are they based upon, right? Mm, The very instant judgments that we make that we're not always, you know, we use this phrase unconscious bias or whatever, but you can really get down to finding where in your operating system that is live, right? And if you can begin to notice it, then you can let it go. You can open, right, and let it go and be in the world in a different way. And I feel like to me that's the the essence now of my meditation, my spiritual practice. And and for me it's also energetically like each of those kind of conditioned biases or or whatever words we want to use, histories are – written <laughs> they're like written in for me because yeah. that's my way I see things energetically it is like this energetic operating system and we're trying to rewrite it we're trying to rewrite the operating system our own yes. and then through our connection to the matrix <laughs> absolutely uh, tribute to the rewriting of the cultural one right and the world one mm. yeah mm. no so mm. I, I, I I agree and it's interesting for me one of the ways it unfolded was you know having kids uh, I was on this very intense, solitary spiritual path for many years. I had kids late in life, 38, and um, I didn't think before that I necessarily even wanted kids. But kids have brought me into the world in a whole new way that's mm. absolutely necessary for me. So if I were ever to write my journey, you know, in the way that you yes. have on a personal level, that's what it's done. It's made me so in tune with this next generation and what they're facing and how do we help rewrite the operating system that they are walking around in the world with? Oh, spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So fascinating, yeah. yeah, to hear it yeah, expressed from someone else. Mm, thank you for sharing and rewriting. I really appreciated that, you know, where yeah. taking that moment in the day-to-day you know, and that's an invitation I want to invite you for all everyone listening, you know, whether it's live now or later in the mm-hmm. archives. But, like, take that moment in your day-to-day when you notice something light up where you're writing a story or an assumption about an interaction with another human and notice where it shows up in your operating system and get curious mm-hmm. about it and be like, yeah. huh, am I really in danger right now? Yeah. Or is this, yeah. is this a way my body is responding because at one point in either my experience or in the actual intergenerational field, there was some risk, but there yeah. really isn't a risk right now. And let's unpack yeah. the story so that we're not taking actions surrounding that, yeah. you know, fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, and it's so interesting how it plays out on so many levels, even non-human, right? Like uh, a cockroach in the bathroom in my yeah. instinctive reaction to that. And well, wait a minute, it's just, I'll move him outside. It's just a bug who, you know, is doing his thing. Trying, you know, but there, there yep. will be this reaction of aversion and really see, you feel it in your body, these reactions. Yep. And that's yep. where you, you know, or this interface between the energy and the, and the physical. And that's where you can liberate them is right there in the body. Mm. Um, yes. It's so interesting. All day long, we walk around with these reactions. Yes. And, oh, that just brings me to like the core of, to me, like really recreating our relationships with our own bodies, mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. and ourselves, like our, our being in relationship with our physical body and our energetic ones, 
and mm-hmm. nature, animals and plants and the earth. That that mm-hmm. relating is how we learn and grow. And like you said, a perfect example, how do I respond when I see an insect? Like, can I just breathe through this, recognize I'm not in danger, you know, and start to right. unpack it in, in these ways that then support our energy bodies and our systems to be able to do that in other ways that may feel more risky, but still are, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this to me is the awakening process. You know, we, I think we get into a lot of language. There's nowadays a lot of talk, ascension, awakening, enlightenment, whether they're all the same thing or not, I don't necessarily claim to know, but this is what it is for me is this liberating day by day from those unconscious or reactive patterns Mm -hmm. and, and working at the physical and energy body level is where they actually live, right? It's mm-hmm. not sort of awakening isn't sort of this string of spiritual epiphanies that live in the mind. It's this moment by moment rewriting of how you interact with the world. And it's what we're really talking about is love, right? <laughs> Just being mm-hmm. able to interact moment by moment from a place of love rather than fear. And it's mm-hmm. an easy thing to say, but doing it moment by moment is, is the path, is the journey for me. That's how I, I feel it. That's how I feel it. Mm. Oh, doing it moment to moment is totally the path. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful. Yeah, so thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing with us today and for just engaging in this conversation and opening perspectives and new ideas. Um, we are going to go into one more break and come back. And I, I often, I realize I'm going to throw something at you here just to see if you sure. want to grab it. Um, I often close with a little bit of a body practice plugging in. And I want to check in. Is that something you would like to, like, is there a tool in your toolkit you'd like us to have just kind of come to a close and notice our bodies? Um, or I can take it from there. Sure, I can do I can do one if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, be a little yeah. bit more energy body based, but it connects to the physical body. Sure, yeah, cool, fun I like experiment. That. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay fun great. experiment. Throwing it at you, great, thank you. <laughs> um, so let's uh, just take a short break, and we'll be right back in a moment. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn and special guest Lisa Erickson. Lisa is a chakra-based energy worker, writer, and teacher specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing, and is the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women from Llewellyn Publishing. To find out more about Lisa and to purchase her book, visit www.chakraempowermentforwomen.com. Once again, that URL is www.chakraempowermentforwomen.com. Leslie Blackburn has a detailed website where you can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing list sign-up, and much more, again, at leslieblackburn.com. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path to sacred sexuality. Sessions are available in person in her brand new temple space in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 
and private sessions are also available by Zoom, by Zoom, Skype, or phone from anywhere on the planet. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. There are also options for home study practices. Sacred Sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by video. You can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. And a reminder that Leslie is also available for speaking engagements. More, more information at the website. Also, if you like what you heard today and want more, there's a whole new way to support Leslie in bringing these sacred sexuality teachings into the world and get amazing rewards for it, including sneak peeks of her new book, which is currently underway. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. See all details there again at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you, and thank you again, Lisa. I would love to hear how your exploration um, to guide us. Wonderful. Now, how long do I have so I make sure I don't take Yeah, great. Thank <laughs> you for doing this so on the fly. Yeah, yeah sure. like, three, like three minutes. Great. What I'd like to guide everyone through is a tool I call the Sacral Lotus, which is in the book. And for me, it is kind of a counter visual and energetic meditation to counter the traditional kundalini visual of a snake coiled at the root chakra that rises up. Instead, we have a lotus opening in the second chakra in the pelvis that we're going to work with. Beautiful. Yeah. So lightly bring your awareness down into your pelvis between your hip bones. And imagine, just on the edges of your awareness, no stress around the visualization, a lotus bud or a flower bud of any type there, right in your womb space or the equivalent of your womb space. We all have a womb space, (laughs) whether we Mm. have a physical womb or not. And just gently imagine that that flower opens into a beautiful lotus or rose, whatever you like. This flower is made of lovely, radiant light, a rainbow spectrum of light. And it begins to emanate upwards in your body, beautiful rays of this light in a spiral fashion. And if you're feeling it, you can flow, you can sway back and forth on your sit bones. And it's like a lotus floats on the top of a pond, just very gently with the waves of the water. Your own body is swaying. And then I invite you to imagine that your lotus has roots deep in the earth, as lotuses do. Mm. Your stalk extends down through the water into the mud and the earth. 
So feel down, down, down into these deep roots in the earth. Invite energy from the earth to rise up into your sacral lotus. And from there, emanate upwards through your whole body as rays of light. Feel your pelvis as this beautiful open lotus, this space of primordial creation, emanating light up into your solar plexus, your chest, your arms and hands, your neck, your head, your whole body emanating with this light, reverberating from your pelvis and anchored from beneath in the earth. Mm. You can just lightly let that go when you're ready or Continue to sit in it as we leave the call. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, what a sweet, sweet visualization and energetic practice. Thank you for joining us today. Mm. Thank thank you, you Leslie. It's been really wonderful. Great. Oh, good. I have welcomed it, and I'm so glad. And thank you all for listening in. And we are um, sending out big love and gratitude. Yeah, namaste. Namaste. Hmm. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn and special guest Lisa Erickson. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. And for Lisa, visit chakraempowermentforwomen.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.